Welcome to Common Ground Church Rondebosch, a community based in Cape Town, South Africa, who believe that if Jesus is who he says he is, that changes everything. Our sermon podcast aims to unpack this reality, rooted in scripture and dependent on God's spirit. The book of Galatians is a gospel clarifying letter that unpacks the richness and completeness of what Jesus did for us in his death and resurrection. It clearly defines what the gospel is and is not for its readers. It helps us realize the depths of God's love for us in a life of relationship and obedience to Him in His power. Please continue listening for today's message. Hi everyone, so good to see you out in the crowd. Wow. I'm loving the light. I mean, you can't see it. If you turn around, you'll see out the cafe. It's like this beautiful God spotlight. And then we've got the artificial spotlight here. But it's, it's actually beautiful to see. But like, wow, God's here. He's watching as well. Yay. Everyone, welcome. We are kicking off our Galatians uh, series this Sunday. And I'm really here to whet your appetite. I'm here to get you curious about the book of Galatians and really wanting to know more. See me as the teaser trailer. Like, that. you know that Wakanda... Um, teaser trailer that came out and it was just that Rihanna song and everyone was like, oh my gosh, I need to go see that movie, I'm so excited. I am that, hopefully, not quite Rihanna, but just that like, that little bit of excitement, you see, it's like that teaser, you see a little bit, but you don't see enough to know what's actually going on and you're out, you're like, I just cannot wait for that movie to come out. So I'm gonna try and do a a little bit of that because um, there's something about anticipation. And so we will kick off our Galatians series tonight, but we only get into it next week. Tonight is anticipation. We're gonna build anticipation for you. I don't know about you, I'm a big movie fan, and I can say before Netflix, it was amazing going to the cinema. I don't know if people even go to the cinema anymore, but before kids, when I was a teacher about a decade ago, two of my colleagues and I, we would probably go to the cinema once a week. So we were great our teachers. When our kids were gone, we would set up our classrooms quickly, rush out of the classrooms, and get to Cavendish to the 3 p.m. movie that was showing at Cavendish. I mean, no one was there but the three of us. I was like, why do they even have these movies on? But I was very grateful, because we got to go and see a movie probably once a week, because I love getting sucked into a good story. That feeling when you're in the cinema and it's dark, and then you come out, you're like, oh my gosh, there's real life happening, but how, how can I be still in here when I'm like, my head is in that movie and what's happened and I'm thinking about it after it's gone. There's something about movies. And I don't really get my movie fix anymore these days. Um, part of it is that movies cost so much. It's like over 100 rand to go watch a movie, which is crazy. 10 years ago, it was like 25 rand. Secondly, Netflix kind of takes it away. I saw the second Wakanda's on Disney+. Plus. I was like, I don't want to watch it on my screen. It's like this big. It just doesn't feel like it feels like it needs a big screen screen, right? But the way I get my movie fix is actually, I really, my, this is my secret that I'm now revealing to you, I'm confessing, I love watching trailers. So I'll go, if I have a few minutes, I'll go into IMDb, which is like a movie database, and at the top, there's like a little strip of like new movies coming up, and they'll have trailers, and I'll just watch a couple of those. And I get that like excited fix, and then if my husband and I have a date night, I'm like, oh, there's a movie I really wanna watch, I saw the trailer, we're gonna be watching this, we need to find it somewhere. So I love a good trailer, just to get you excited for, for a movie, and it, and it helps you kind of eliminate that, I don't wanna watch that, I don't wanna, oh, I really wanna watch that. So today, I'm gonna be the highlights reel of Galatians. I'm gonna be the trailer. I wanna give you a little bit of the action that will be found in the book and just enough information to get you curious to follow along. I wonder what you thought of when I said Galatians. 
Do you know the context of Paul's letter to the church of Galatia? Did you know that Paul had written it? Do you know some of the themes that are covered in the book? If someone asked you, what is Galatians about? Could you say it in a sentence? Is there a verse that maybe comes to mind, one that you've memorized or one that stuck out to you? So when I first thought of Galatians, here are some verses that that came to my mind. These are the things that I went to straight away when I heard Galatians. Things like Galatians 5 verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, right? We all know that verse, it's a powerful one. Or what about Galatians 3 verse 28? There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Or if any of you grew up in a, in a kid's church of some kind, you will know the fruits of the Spirit, which are found in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are powerful verses, amazing verses to memorize, to, to live with and live through. But we don't wanna only have a couple of verses quite often taken out of context as our only basis for understanding Galatians. And so we're gonna go verse by verse through every chapter in Galatians. Because if you think these verses are powerful, just you wait to see the rest. And so this, today I'm gonna to do two, three things. Firstly, I wanna share why have we as a church chosen to do the book of Galatians this year? I wanna give you an overview of the story that this letter brings across, and then I just wanna share a hope that we have for us as individuals, as a community, and as the world. So let's start with the first question most of you would have asked when you heard about a new series. Why the book of Galatians? How do these books get chosen that we preach through? Is it like, well, last year we did Jonas in the Old Testament, so should we probably find something in the New Testament? Or is it like, I don't know if you've ever done the quiet time where you're like, Lord, speak to me. Oh, I'm in Psalms today. Like, no, that's not how, it's not haphazard at all. I'm here to tell you that this has been a prayed about and thought through decision. And so I'd love to just share some of the reasons why we feel that this is a timely and relevant message for Common Ground Bosch. Firstly, Galatians brings gospel clarity. It is one of Paul's most impassioned letters. You'll hear words like foolish Galatians, accursed, bewitched. He will tell the leaders who are causing trouble to castrate themselves. This man is not mincing his words. Nowhere else in the Bible do we find him so enraged at what he hears taking place. And I don't know about you, but I for one really wanna learn from the Galatians' mistakes. What have they been doing that's so far off what Paul had taught them? And the beauty is that we don't only watch how it plays out in the letter, we get to grapple with it, discuss it, believe it, and live it out for ourselves. And in this letter, Paul brings such clarity to the gospel. If you're sometimes confused by church in-house fighting, how can there be people in the same community that have different beliefs that sometimes seem opposing to one another? Or maybe you're confused, what does it mean to to say that I fully believe in Jesus? Is it words that I say? Is it something that I do? How do I know that I'm saved? This book will give you a clear and compelling picture of the gospel. So many of us have heard the truth, but then we've allowed other voices and opinions to come into our thinking, and they dilute the message of Jesus that so intrigued us in the beginning. And so it's good to come back to scripture again and again and realign ourselves with the fundamentals of faith to ensure we haven't started following our own understanding of the gospel, but truth itself. Secondly, Galatians speaks to important issues of our faith, uh, concepts in our Christian faith that we should all have a clear understanding of. 
and be able to share with others who ask. Paul will speak of the relationship between the law and Christ and how it's weaved between the Old and New Testaments. He wrestles with the issue of freedom. What does it mean to be free from the law and free from sin? And then what does it look like to be free for Christ? Justification is discussed. The idea that we cannot be made right by our own works, but that Jesus once and for all has made us right by dying for our sins and presenting us faultless before God, as well as adoption, the beautiful reality that when you say yes to Jesus, God invites you to join his family and you are called sons and daughters. The last two chapters of Galatians teach into living by the spirit and not by our flesh. And I can tell you, this is one thing our leadership team has been praying for and seeking in this past season. We've asked God, how do we live by the spirit? How do we live in the spirit, in step with the spirit? How do we see the spirit in our community? And so Galatians is such a helpful book in aligning us in our understanding of the Holy Spirit and the impact that it can have on our lives. Thirdly, Galatians gives us a right view of the law in relation to Christ. So I mentioned it before, but I really just wanna drive this point home because we as Christians need reminding of this again and again. Are we under the law? Do we follow the rules and regulations of the law to become right with God? Is the law abolished through Jesus' death and his victory of a sin, which means that law becomes obsolete? Like, like which one is it? And when we have a shallow understanding of law and grace, we can find ourselves going between legalism, the belief that if I just read my Bible at least three times and go to church, I'm okay. God and I are fine. I've done what I need to do, which is not true. Or we can go all the way to the other side of hyper grace. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross means that I'm forgiven of my sins. So in this moment, I'm gonna do what I want because I know that Jesus will forgive me when I come to him in repentance. But now, neither of those are true. And Galatians will go in depth into the relationship between law and Christ. And so this is a great opportunity for each of us to do the same. And then lastly, Galatians is still relevant for us today. There are so many parallels between the church of Galatia and the communities that we sometimes find ourselves in. The questions that we ask ourselves, are they echoed in this book? What do I need to do to fit in? Where do I belong? Um, why do I belong there? How do I show that I belong there? How can I become right with God? Is there something that I can do to please God and to find acceptance spiritually? Should I become circumcised? That was a joke. Just, all the guys are like, what? <laughs> they weren't listening. And I was like, well, just wait a minute. What is she saying? That's, yeah. The Galatians are asking that. You don't need to ask yourselves that. Uh, but that, it's, it's a belonging question, right? Do I need to become circumcised to belong to Christ? Is that, is that what needs to happen? We live in a culture of high acceptance and low accountability. You can belong and be welcomed into any group as long as you conform to our beliefs, our opinions, and our practices. But to disagree with us means excommunication. Belief has become a personal choice, changes from person to person because belief is now so strongly linked to how we feel. And there are many charismatic and convincing people all around the world sharing ideas about life and God and love that completely go against the Bible and yet are widely accepted because they just feel right. And so in this culture of you do you, Galatians cuts right through the lies. It gets to the core of the problem. It teaches us how to keep the truth 
centered in our lives, and then how to live in light of that and in harmony with one another. There really is so much to be discovered in this letter. These are just some reasons why we felt that Galatians was timely for us as a community. And I hope that you're starting to grow in your curiosity about this book. And I'm guessing you actually are wondering, so what is going on in Galatia? I've, I've mentioned castration, circumcision, legalism, hypergrace. How does Paul speak to all of this in one letter? And so I think it's time we look at the story of Galatians. Paul has preached in the area of Galatia and he's helped new believers to set up Christian community before going to the next town to continue preaching Jesus to whoever will listen. And now the believers in Galatia are left behind figuring out how do we live out this new faith that we've said yes to? And we quickly see two groups emerging in the story. We have the Gentiles, and really the word Gentile means any person who wasn't Jewish. So this is like a melting pot of different cultures, past religions, backgrounds, and beliefs. But all of these people have heard Jesus and they've turned away from their old ways of living. And then we have the Judaizers, Jewish people who followed the Torah and the Old Testament traditions who've now seen Jesus and said yes to him. Now some in this group are causing a bit of trouble in Galatia, going around and spreading false teaching amongst the new believers. They're asking the question, is it really enough just to know and love God? The Judaizers believed their knowledge of the Torah and what was required of them by God was fundamental to who they are. And so if Jesus is the culmination of God's redemptive plan, then surely observance of the Torah's laws and belief in Jesus will go hand in hand. So they start getting into the Gentiles' faces and saying, look, if you really wanna know redemption through Jesus, you should follow the requirements of the Torah. It seems to me like the Jewish Christians were enjoying their previous identity as God's chosen people described in the Old Testament. They've created a bit of a hierarchy in this new community. Jewish Christian at the top and then Gentile Christian below. But then they lay out a plan. But Gentiles, if you do these things, you can move your way up. So I was speaking about the cinema and loving going to the movies and for all the slightly older people in the audience who would remember this, there used to be like a membership or a VIP so you could go to the movies. So we're all going to the same movie, right? We've all bought tickets for the same movie, but then some people were VIPs. They paid a little bit more money. So I'm standing in the foyer waiting for the cinema to open, but the VIPs, they're in like a cordoned off area and it's got chairs so they can sit while I need to stand. Then they open the cinema, so we all go in. I'm sitting on a fabric seat. They're on leather armchairs. Leather, right? They're like sliding around, looking quite cool. I had to line up for my popcorn and my Coke, but then they have like guys who are coming and passing them their popcorn and Coke. Now, we're watching the same movie. It's the same size screen and everything, but you just get the sense, you know, their experience of this movie is much better than the rest of us. It feels the same in Galatia, right? They've all heard the truth of Jesus, it's the same. But the Judaizers are implying that their experience of belief is better because of their practice of the Torah. There are very practical laws that they as Jewish people have been observing their whole lives. And the Gentiles should try it too if they want the salvation to stick. You know, just observe certain holy days, don't sit and eat with unclean people and all men should be circumcised to line up with God's command in Genesis 17 to Abraham. Now imagine being one of those guys. So you're a Gentile, so you don't really know the Jewish ways. You had your own idols that you were worshiping, but you see Jesus and you say yes to him. 
no more idol worship, you're now part of this church community and you're getting to meet a whole bunch of people and just learning, like how do I live life now that I've said yes to Jesus? And someone's like, you should be circumcised. It's, it's really the next step. I know you said yes to Jesus, but if you really wanna, I mean, can you imagine? Welcome to Common Ground, this is DNA. Then we've got a circumcision course where we just teach you through why it's really important to be circumcised and then you guys decide. But if you wanna be a member, that's kind of something that you need to do. We would never do that, don't worry. But imagine those guys. And the thing is, what Galatians is telling us is they are seriously considering it because they want to give their all to Jesus. And so Paul hears this and he's like, what? How can you be considering this? Did you hear the same message of Jesus that I preached? You see, they've been convinced by this group to lay aside the faith they declared when believing the testimony of Jesus. and They're rather allowing good works to pave the way to God. And here is where Paul starts to get honest with the Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Now that you have come to know God or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves do you wanna be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Look. I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Oh, I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves, for neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. Can you feel it? At this point, it might be helpful to remember Paul's own journey to faith. We see him first in Acts 7, a zealous and self-righteous Pharisee who obeyed the Torah fanatically. And he spent his life removing any signs of Jesus and his followers on this earth. He was responsible for the killing of Stephen, the first martyr for our faith. And he felt this was an appropriate response for such blasphemy as claiming Christ as Lord. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. He is wholly devoted to the eradication of Jesus and his followers because he sees it as a threat to his personal belief, his community, his identity, his culture and the traditions he's grown up in. And then God enters in. On the road to Damascus, Paul is blinded by an astonishing light from heaven. He's spoken to audibly by Jesus himself and is given next steps as to what he needs to do. Even the men around him, they see the light, they hear the voice, everyone's witnessing this miracle. And yet Paul remains blind. One of God's followers, Ananias, comes to pray for Paul and he regains his sight. He is baptized, convinced. Jesus is the Son of God. From then on, Paul has changed dramatically. His life is lived for Christ. He preaches in every town he visits the power of the gospel to change lives. And so many people believe in this truth that he has to start up setting churches of, of new believers together and advising them on how to do life in this Christian community. And people can't believe this is the same man they heard about. He, who used to persecute us, is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy and they glorified God because of me. And so Christians are celebrating the new faith found in Paul's life. The Jewish community are livid. 
from upholding the traditions of the Torah and promoting them with dogmatism and passion to preaching grace upon grace and faith as the only way to enter right relationship with God? They are upset. Where before he would have taught that your own righteousness proved in the way you uphold the laws of God is a thing that mattered. He now relies solely on the grace of God. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Paul lives by grace alone. The belief that Jesus has done what was needed for our sins to be forgiven and for us to be made right with God. And all we can do is accept this free gift. We cannot work our way to it. So you can see why Paul is so upset by the situation in Galatia. It is a false gospel. They're not believing in Jesus anymore, but rather in the outward signs of religion to save them. No wonder he's talking castration. We've seen Paul upset in other letters of the Bible. If you think of 1 and 2 Corinthians, where there's sexual sin kind of running rampant in the community. But in Galatians, there's an eternal consequence that Paul is driving home, one painful point after the next. If you follow this way of thinking, Jesus is made redundant and your salvation is by works and not by faith. And that is no salvation at all. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and distort the gospel of Christ. We also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by works of the law, no one will be justified. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. In this book, we see Paul opposing lies, embracing truth and clearly explaining the gospel when it comes to the relationship between law and faith, laying out a call to spirit-filled living. And I know this has probably felt like a bit of a roller coaster version of an overview of the letter, right? It's like that trailer. You've seen a little bit, you're like, oh, I wanna go read this book. It sounds interesting, it sounds exciting. And honestly, guys, it's like part action thriller, part family drama. There's like instruction manuals in here. There's, there's outbursts, there's like showdowns between different characters. These encouragements. Jesus comes through loud and clear. Read it, it is amazing. I promise you, you will enjoy it. So I have no doubt when you go home, you're gonna open up the book of Galatians. It's after Corinthians, before Ephesians, and you're gonna get into it because it's a really good story. So I wanna show you an analogy of a good story. I saw this, Andrew Wilson did a talk, also an overview of Galatians. Uh, yeah, of Galatians. Um, and he just spoke about the different levels that you can find in a story. Unfortunately, I had to go buy a coffee for this. Um, <laughs> And then they wouldn't let me just take extras, so I had to buy another one. <laughs> and then they made me buy the little ones, so I bought hot chocolate for my kids and they spilled it all over my car on the way to church. It was so fun. Uh, so I was like, oh, thank you, Seattle. Why couldn't you have just given me the cups? But the cups are a very good illustration for us because a good story is not just about the characters, right? A good story has multiple levels to it. It'll be about the characters, but there'll be a wider level about a community, someone around the characters, It'll be speaking to something. And then every story has this like, cosmic, universal underpinning, like the story of all stories repeated again and again. And so if you think about movies, right, because we've been talking about movies a lot, one of the most famous movies, I hope you've all watched it, is Titanic, right? I think it's actually been re-released. Everyone knows the story of Jack and Rose. 
and how they were on a ship and they fell in love, right? The personal story, a man and a woman falling in love. And then could they have both survived on the door? I mean, is it for us to ask those questions? The story was beautiful and tragic as it was. That was the personal story of the Titanic. It was a love story. But then there's this wider element because you see Jack represents the working class and Rose represents the upper class and they're on this ship together, the Titanic, but it's this beautiful story of our society and two different classes of people and the way they experience the same situation in such different, unequal ways. And then it's this cosmic story that we see played out again and again, this true story of human fallibility, of pride, saying, I am God. And then what happens? An iceberg hits and people die. And maybe to be a bit more relevant here, let's think about the Avengers movies. Any Avengers movie, I'm sure you've watched at least 10 of them, like 20 plus of them, but all of them have different levels to it. That's why we love them. There's the, the, I mean, if you think of, I don't know, Captain Marvel or Spider-Man, there's the personal level of the superhero. How did they get their superhero powers? What's their backstory? What drives them? How are they good? You know, you get to hear their story. But then in every Avengers movie, and that's why they're all called the Avengers movies, there's this wider level of this team of superheroes that work together. And in every movie, there's always a lesson around come together, don't do it on your own. Rely on other people and their strengths. Together you can win. And then there's the reason why we love these movies, the universal story of good triumphing over evil. I mean, there are 20 plus of these movies and every time there's a new villain, but good triumphs over evil, right? It's beautiful, that's why we watch it. I wanna see the good guys win again. So there are different levels in a story and it's the same with Galatians. It's a good story. It's a personal story about each believer in Galatia grasping the truth of the gospel for themselves and seeing the sacrifice of Jesus for them and how they live in light of that. But then there's the story of the wider community, the Gentiles and the Jews. How do you live together now that you've said yes to Jesus? And so Paul speaks into this wider level. It's not just about how you understand Jesus, but it's how you live with one another in light of that. But then Galatians, like every book in the Bible, is this beautiful cosmic story about the God of the universe sending his son, Jesus, to defeat the powers of darkness and overcome evil, sin, and death through his own death and resurrection. So that this world, and this is coming, and all its people, and all the animals, and all of creation will one day bow before his throne. And we will all say to him who sits on the throne, and to the lamb be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might forever and ever, amen? It's truth, truth for us, truth for our community, truth for the world. And so I just wanna share some hopes that I have for us. My hope for us as individuals is that we'd come alive again to the beauty of God's word in this series. It has power to transform your life. It is truth laid out tangibly for us in words on a page. And so if you're struggling to find what is true amongst all the different opinions in this world, here is real truth at your fingertips. Galatians can be a word to guide you. It can provide practical application for how to live your life in light of God's love and for his glory. It can be a comfort to you 
when you are feeling unsure and confused and there's just too much going on, you can come to Galatians, reorient your heart. It helps you to just breathe again. Okay, God, I'm going to be okay. And I can also tell you, Galatians is going to be hard to read because I don't know about you, but every time I read my Bible, the mirror that it puts up to my life finds me lacking. There is a rebuke I hear in Scripture, but it keeps me humble and clinging to God's grace. The Bible should not always agree with me and my feelings. And if your Bible is always agreeing with you and your feelings, that would trouble me. The Bible exposes us. It reminds us, Jesus, you are the only truth. You are the only perfect king. And then he calls us to him. And so can I ask you, go to your Bible. Be in it. I've got two challenges for us as we read the book of Galatians. The first challenge is, read the whole book of Galatians in one sitting. If you make a cup of tea or coffee, you should finish that by the time you've finished reading. Look, it depends on how quickly. You'd make it a really hot cup of coffee, so you need to sit with it for a few minutes and let it cool. Give yourself, it won't take more than an hour. Set aside the time. I spoke to mom, he's like, oh, where am I gonna find an hour? It's like, this is self-care. This is self-care. Read the book of Galatians. I promise you it will do better than scrolling on Instagram. It's truth. And just read it like a story. Just read it from beginning to end. Don't go too deep into what you see. Just read it. Allow God's words just to flow over you. And then my next challenge is commit to studying this book with us in our series. I can tell you, I feel so privileged to be a ministry leader and to work alongside our elders and to often get to see their heart for their community. Their heart is for us as a community to be in our Bibles It's their heart for themselves. That is why we preach whole books of Bibles and not just parts of them. That's why we've set aside 20 weeks this year, not all in once, we're gonna divide it up, but we've really set aside 20 weeks to go through Galatians because we truly believe that if we go week in and week out through these verses in Galatians, it has the power to transform our lives. So study this book, sit in it, Read through the chapters, write out the verses, meditate on it, read up about it, listen to podcasts about it, go to life group and talk about it, come on a Sunday and sit under the word being preached. I really do have faith that at the end of this series, God will do a great work in you as you allow his word to change you. And then my hope for our wider level, our community, because we all sit here as individuals, but we've joined together. We've said yes to being part of this family. Now, no community is perfect, and we at Common Ground will be the first to say that of ourselves. But as we sit under God's word, as we rely on the Holy Spirit to inform our steps, as we seek to become more like Jesus and how we relate to others, we hope to look more and more like the early church exemplified in the book of Acts. If you go to our website, you'll see our description for the Bosch community. This is what we wanna look like a Bible-loving, spirit-dependent, gospel-shaped people filling our city with the message, life, and fame of Jesus. And it's only by the grace of Jesus. My hope for this community is that as we go through the book of Galatians, we'd allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in us as we rely on him. My hope is that he would break down any hierarchies or divisions or obstacles to belonging that he finds here. 
and that he would produce the fruits of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control as we live together in this community. We definitely have a sense that God has us on a direction as a church. We don't quite know where. <laughs> I think that's what faith is, right? It's like God is moving, but where to? We're just gonna follow in step, day by day, relying on the Holy Spirit. And what's beautiful is that many members of this community, as individuals, have prayed for our community. And so there've been certain prophetic words and senses that people have been bringing to the leadership team, and I wanna share some of those. This is where we're going. We feel like God is calling Bosch to sing a new song. God's called us to look out for the new buds forming on the trees, a new season is coming. There's a growing anticipation for what God has in store. There's a picture of a newly renovated house. We now get to go live in it, enjoy it together. There's a faith that people have for what's to come and an even greater dependence on the Spirit of God and His presence to guide us. And so I really trust that Galatians can take us deeper into these stirrings for our community and make them a reality. And my hope for the world, well, don't we all long to see people meeting with our Jesus? Don't we want people to see our King for who he really is and then responding to this truth? Galatians is a book that glorifies Jesus and his sacrifice. And my hope is that as we preach this series, as we discuss it in life group, as we share the messages with our friends and our family, as we invite people to join along in this journey, that Jesus is preached loud and clear. Jesus, the Son of God, who lived a sinless life, perfect in every way, who died on the cross as a substitute for our sins, who rose again to life and is now seated at the right hand of God. The one who freely gives his love and forgiveness. The one who does not bind us to laws or works as a way to earn our righteousness. The one who is our righteousness, the liberator of our very lives. So my prayer really is that Galatians will be an opportunity for many to come to know Jesus for themselves and to experience the life-changing journey he calls us all on. And so Galatians has a hope for us as individuals and as a community and as the world. It's a timely book for us to sit under and it can change the way we live if we let it. So I just wanna take a moment now and if it's helpful for you to close your eyes, you're welcome to close your mind, but we're just, we're just gonna take a moment to pause and I want us as individuals just to reflect on where we find ourselves at the start of this journey. Think about your relationship with Jesus do you know him? Do you want to know him? Where are elements of sweetness and joy in your times with him? Where is there heartache or struggle? What is something you want to learn or grow in as you read this book? Where is the Holy Spirit nudging you now around areas of your life that might need to be changed? How can you step closer into community and experience belonging through this process? I hope that this was helpful in just getting you anticipating, right? God's gonna do something in our church. He's gonna do something in each of our lives as individuals and I want you to anticipate it. 
I want you to be excited for it. It might be happening right now. It might come this year. I have faith for it. And there are just some people I want to speak to. As I was preparing, I just felt that God highlighted certain people. The first group were those who might just be seeing Jesus for who he really is for the first time. Like Paul, you're just suddenly blinded by the radiance of God's glory. You're going, oh my gosh, this is real? This is real. Jesus is real. And I can tell you that moment of belief, it's like a switch. He wasn't real and now he is. He, he wasn't real and now he is real. And then the rest of your life is figuring out just how real he is. And so if that's you and you've suddenly realized tonight he is real, won't you come and speak to a leader at the front? Won't you come and be prayed for? This is an adventure of a lifetime that you're about to embark on and we wanna pray for you and encourage you. And then I felt that there were some in this room who are sleeping in their faith. You know the truth of Jesus. You've said yes to him, but that bright revelation is dimmed over time. You've allowed other things to become more important in your life. I felt God say that there's some of us that our worlds revolve around us, our wants, our needs, our desires. And so ultimate success for us is our happiness and we're using people and God to achieve that. We all have a bend to being our own rulers, but if Jesus is truly king, he needs to be the one on the throne in our lives. We need to arise from our slumber and to see afresh the truth of Jesus, his lordship over your life. And I trust that there will be a renewed desire to know God and to experience the deepness of friendship with him. And then I felt there was some in the room that heard it is for freedom that Christ has set us free and it discouraged you. Because there's something in your life that has you stuck, a situation or a sin, and despite praying for it to be removed, it's still there, and you've, you've tried your hardest, you've prayed, but there's just been no breakthrough. We believe Jesus is our redeemer, the one who rescues us and the one who restores us. He's the one who brings about change. So can I ask you, if that's you, won't you come find someone to pray with tonight? We wanna pray for God's power to be evident in your life and for you to be freed from your struggles. Galatians 1 verse 4 says that Jesus gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. The book of Galatians is to the glory of God. It strips away any belief that we can do anything to make our way into his good books. It denies us the assumption that we are important enough or righteous enough to measure up to God. And it reminds us again, only Jesus only Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for this book. Thank you that your word can transform our hearts and minds. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is power living within us. And so God, as we grow in anticipation for what you're gonna do in each of our lives, we just lay our lives before you and we say, come Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, fill us. We give you free reign in our lives. Show us where we need to change. Humble us where we need humbling. Set us on the right path, God. We wanna live for Christ and we wanna live with true love for one another. May your will be done in this new series. Amen. Amen.